Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, your host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of both Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. We've got our little French bulldog bud here facing away from me. Might be a little bit jealous that he didn't get his podcasting chair delivered in here today. TBD. We'll see if he starts snoring loudly. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning into The Wedding Dish today. We are... Uh, we have an amazing guest today, as always, but you know this one has a special place in my heart because um, <laughs> she is someone that I actually hired um, to help me with all of my business tax needs. And today we are talking with the founder and CEO of the Accountant for Creatives, Amy Northard. Thank you so much for being on the wedding dish today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about taxes. <laughs> Everyone's favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny because when I asked you to come on the show, I was like, I wonder if she would actually be interested in this or if it's like kind of a weird ask. It's complicated when you're getting married. And I mean, they're always complicated if you don't know them. And getting married, it changes all your tax status stuff. Oh, yeah. It adds a whole level of complexity for sure. Yes, for sure. Um, and of course, Amy has done our business taxes and personal taxes for years now. I don't even know how long. Yeah, few. <laughs> um, so we are going to go ahead and dive in um, to the nitty gritty about taxes and how they change and ebb and flow. Well, not ebb and flow. That's the wrong phrase. But um, how they, you know, how getting married impacts your taxes and the important stuff that you need to know about finances when you're combining. Um, so I know taxes can feel overwhelming and it's just another thing when you're planning your wedding or you're getting married. And it's kind of one of those things that's easy to fall off your checklist. Um, so. Amy, what is the difference between married filing jointly versus married filing separately in terms of taxes? Uh, great question. So married filing jointly, you are going to be filing one tax return. There's going to be someone listed as the taxpayer, someone listed as the spouse. Uh, don't get too hung up on who's listed where. It doesn't really matter. It's mostly just something you need to keep consistent. That taxpayer ID ends up kind of being like the primary number that everything is connected to going forward. Um, so you will both report any W-2 income, any other earned income or um, you know investment income. All of that gets combined and then um, you get some different deductions based on that joint status. So oh, with the tax law changes in the past few years, most people qualify for just using the standard deduction. Um, and that reduces your taxable income. And then you guys will pay one amount of tax, whatever's left over that you owe. If your W-2 withholdings or any estimated tax payments haven't covered it, then you'll owe together. It's one tax for you. Um, versus married filing joint or married filing separately, you will each file your own tax return. Um, if you are in a 
community property state, which Texas would be an example of that. Uh, it, it they <laughs> like to make things difficult, and uh, you have to. No. You're yeah, <laughs> even though you're filing separately, you don't just to get to report your own W-2 on it, you have to also get your spouse's information and report half on each one. So keep that in mind. Just, I don't know all the community property states off the top of my head, but I recommend if filing separately is something that comes up as something you may need to do, look to see if your state is that before just going ahead and assuming you'll just report your own information. Um, we like to do comparisons between filing jointly and filing separately for our newly married clients. Because in some, it's rare, but in some instances, they, um, the couple can benefit from filing separately. Uh, but the reason why it's rare is because a lot of tax credits, tax deductions can go away or be disallowed if you're filing separately. Um, we, our program has like a click of a couple buttons and it can run a report and figure that out. Um, I don't know what things like, um, you know, the self like DIY tax programs offer in terms of that. But if you're working with an accountant, I would definitely ask for them to do that analysis just off the bat. It typically won't change. Like if if you're better off filing jointly to start out, unless your finances change pretty drastically over the years, it's probably going to be, be most beneficial to continue filing uh, jointly. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention is we have a lot of couples, and I, to be honest, I don't know the student loan end of this, like why they allow this, but they've told me that they want to file separately because their student loans are income-based on the repayment. And oh. so it's looking at just one or in the community property, state, property states, half of the income to base that student loan repayment on. So that's another thing. Um, it doesn't make sense to me why they would have like such an open loophole like that. Um, but another thing to keep in mind when you're trying to decide which way to file. That's so interesting. And especially given that the Biden administration just did the student loan forgiveness. Has that shaken this up for you at all? I know this is like a total aside, but... Yeah. I mean, I think it'll, when we get to tax time, I have no idea. I don't even think the government knows how this is all going to shake out in terms of reporting. The states are ch still trying to figure out if they want to tax the forgiveness. So um, it's kind of just something <laughs> I'm putting off to figure out once we get closer to tax time. And, yeah. and the rules have been a little bit more solidified. Yeah, because you need the clarity on it, especially in something that's very like black, like taxes. I mean, they're one of the more black and white things in life. Mm -hmm. um, okay, interesting. Okay, so I have a follow up question. Well, I have two follow up questions to to your uh, filing jointly versus married filing separately. Um, what if you don't combine your finances? So if you keep separate bank accounts, you pay your own credit card off every month. You um, ideally, because you should, because that's terrible debt to carry if you can avoid it. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, so, 
like, and you, let's say, like, you write a check to your significant other or however you pay your mortgage or your rent, um, you pay it all separately. So if you don't combine your finances at all, can you still file jointly when you get married? Yes. Yep. Since you're both of your social security numbers are reported on there, that's kind of how it ties everything together. So even if your mortgage interest form only shows one of the spouses on there, it can be reported on there together because it has their social security number. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that, but you know, my husband and I combined our finances, but uh, my best friend chose not to combine finances. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder how they file their tech. Not that it matters, but I just think <laughs> curious. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So you kind of went through some of the pros and cons to each. Um, it sounds, you know, I mean, we filed jointly, um, but it sounds like filing jointly generally is the way to go, generally mm-hmm. speaking, but always do the comparative. Um are there any pros and cons to filing jointly versus filing separately and vice versa? Um, I mean, I think like the pro to filing jointly, along with being able to qualify for most of the credits and deductions is, you know, there's less cost involved typically. So instead of paying for two returns, you're paying for one. Um I mean, those are the the big things. Like you, you're doing one tax return, you qualify for those um, pros. Let's see. Let me go back to cons of that <laughs> filing jointly. Cons of filing jointly. I, it depends if it ends up being causing you more tax. I guess that would be the con. Um, kind of the opposite for filing separately. Um, we do have some folks that just they. They just want to keep things separate. Even if the tax benefit, there's some tax benefit to filing jointly. It's just they find it better to file separately. They can keep things very neat and tidy if they're having their finances separate. Um, It's very clear as to how much one person's income cost in taxes and that kind of thing. So that is nice about that option because I often, well, not often, but like a couple Um, of my clients do ask for a breakdown of, you know, how much of this tax bill was mine, how much of it was the spouse's. And it's hard to break that out because uh, there's just a lot of complexity involved in figuring that out. So um, if you really, really want to (laughs) know, file separately. Um, Yeah. And then you have the headache of just filing two and the cost involved there. Got it. Interesting. There's so much that goes into taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad I have you in my corner. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be there. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you in a minute for some tips when thinking about filing for taxes after you get married, but at what point should you start thinking about filing for taxes like in the process of planning your wedding or after you've gotten married? Um, And does that change based on time of year you're getting married? Because tax season is, you know, has a very specific window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a few factors to think about. One is your legal name. So what is, yeah, (laughs) what is your name? last name specifically with the social security administration when you're going to file your return. Um, 
that has to match up. Otherwise, if we go to file it, we'll get an e-file notice that says it's been rejected because what shows up on the return doesn't match to the Social Security Administration. So that's one thing. I would not oh recommend changing your last name like right when you're filing. Yeah. <laughs> you run into that. Um, either do it well before or just hang on till your tax returns have been filed and then go for it. Um, let's see. The other thing is... Oh, I had something in mind. Um, you know, as you are, oh, the other thing I'm, I wanted to make sure I mentioned was no matter what time of year you get married, what matters is your marital status as of the last day of the year. So if you get married January 1st, it counts the same as getting married December 31st. So it's whatever on that last day your marital status is, that's what it is. You, If you are married, your only two options are those two we just talked about. You can't file single. Um, you can't file head of household. Any of those other like random options, those don't apply to you if you are legally married by the last day of the year. So um, keep that in mind. I wouldn't say like as you're planning your wedding, there's really much you need to worry about in terms of taxes. Um, if you're self-employed and you've been paying estimated taxes, one thing to kind of keep a heads up on is making sure you keep copies of all of your estimated tax payment confirmations because we have had some issues with people submitting them. Like if I submitted it under my social security number, but my husband was listed as the primary taxpayer, it's good. There's going to be probably a mismatch. Their systems just for whatever reason aren't smart enough to like pull it all together and see that that was paid to the same account. So keep all that be prepared for possibly a letter in the mail and do not panic <laughs> um, and don't pay what they tell you to pay. Like talk to someone if that ends up being the case. That's a great, a lot of really great advice there. Um, <laughs> so to clarify, if you get married on January 1st of let's say 2025, um, it's the same as getting married on December 31st of 2025. Not like if you got married on the 31st of of uh, December 2024 is the same oh, yeah. as – Okay. I just wanted to make sure yeah, we – Same year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, random aside question, but um, did you change your last name? I did. Yeah. And uh, I just heard from someone the other day that my maiden name shows up when I call. So it must like trick people. <laughs> Give them a That's call. funny. Uh-huh. I changed mine too. And honestly, it is such a pain in the butt. And this is oh, just yeah. like another reason that it is a pain in the butt yeah. um, that I hadn't thought about because I we were traveling. Um, we got married in September and we were traveling in December internationally. So I had to wait to change my oh. – I wouldn't have gotten my passport in time. So I had to wait to change my last name until mid-December. Um, <laughs> So I'm surprised I didn't bump into that issue. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I walked I into so. the Social Security Administration because I lived in D.C., like uh, seven okay. blocks. So. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so it got filed right away, but still. Uh -huh. um. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, just something definitely to keep keep in mind. Don't if you are in the process of filing your taxes, don't start that name change process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or traveling internationally. I think uh-huh. they're a little bit looser on it than like what I thought they were gonna be, but I think you had to carry your original copy of your marriage license. Oh, and gosh. I didn't want to like carry that around either. Like yeah. I'm not that I've lost my passport. I lost my boarding pass last time we flew. Oh no. Before we boarded. I'm I'm not allowed to carry my own things. So. <laughs> it's good to know that about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am self-aware at least. <laughs> um so what are some um in terms of taxes, are there any specific things that you should think about when potentially combining finances? Um, I mean, you're in the end, you're still going to get the tax documents sent to one or the other, probably like, you know, if you're moving into a new house together, you want to make sure you update the address for all of that. Um, but I mean, really, everything's going to get sent to you. It all can get put together on your tax return. So you don't have to worry about adding one person to to the account so that both your names show up. There's none of that. Um, I would have general like one location to put all of your tax documents in, whether it's a Dropbox folder or a physical folder somewhere where you both know where to put them. Um, that way there's no miscommunication, nothing gets lost and you have it all ready to, you know, if you're doing it yourself or hand off to your accountant. Awesome. Um, yeah, we do both. We have Dropbox, um, that we share with you and then we Mm -hmm. have a fireproof safe in our house where we keep our tax documents until we've scanned them and put them in. Um, and then also, don't you have to hold on to them for a certain amount of time? So you can have digital copies. Um, oh. Yeah. Like the minimum is three years. The recommended length is seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. That's awesome. This is all very like enlightening <laughs> even for me. <laughs> um. So speaking of buying a house, because you just mentioned this, Mm -hmm. um, what are some things to think about in terms of buying a house and like how that affects your taxes? Um, So the way that buying a house can affect your taxes would be, um, the big one would be mortgage interest. With the standard deduction increasing so much, it it basically doubled over the last couple of years um, with the large tax law changes that went into place. Most people just don't get the benefit of it anymore. So there used to be this, you know, common thought of, Oh, I'm going to buy a house. It's going to help me so much on my taxes. And that mentally was like, Oh, it'll help offset the cost of the house. Don't think like that. It's generally not going to be that helpful. Um, unless you live in like a super expensive area and your mortgage plus um, the other expenses like real estate taxes, income taxes, state income taxes are going to help you put, put you over that standard deduction threshold. Um, So mortgage interest, look for the form, 
make sure you have it just to input at least. I wouldn't just fully dismiss it. Go ahead and have it input um, in case you do reach that threshold. Um, you're going to have real estate taxes. So you can pull those from your state's website or your local website if you if you can't find how much you paid. Um, so track that. If you're self-employed and you have a home and you work out of it, you'll also want to track your home office expenses. Um, so things like your um, utilities. Um, if you do any updates to your home office base, keep all of that stuff. It's not something you would normally think about tracking, but you'll want to um, have that on hand for tax time. Um yeah, those are the big things there. Um, you know, when you're going to get a mortgage for a home, you'll need to have probably your last two or three tax returns. Um, so have those handy. You'll need to have pay stubs. If you're self-employed, you'll need to have uh, profit and loss reports so that they can you can show them that you have an income. Um, and those are the big things for when you're actually going to buy the home as far as taxes go. Awesome. And are there still, I know tax law has changed since we bought this house. Um, and also it feels like we've been married a million years at this point, but <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 years. And like, by the time this episode comes out, nice. um, <laughs> um, is there a, is still a benefit to buying versus renting in terms of taxes? Um, I mean, with that standard deduction being so high, honestly, I feel like it's kind of leveled the playing ground there. Um, there's a lot of things to consider when you're buying versus renting. Um, you know, renting, obviously, you are not responsible for the like the upkeep or if something breaks, you don't have that out of pocket. You're not paying real estate taxes for that property that you're living in. Um, but rent can go up without much notice. Uh, so that's one thing, um, on the tax end, you know, you do get to deduct the mortgage interest if it reaches over that threshold, which is roughly for a married couple, about 25,000. Um, and you get to deduct the real estate taxes. It kind of, kind of, shakes out, you know, there's not really a ton of benefit anymore to owning a home unless you just, uh, are able to put a lot of deductions on that. Uh, it's called a schedule a. So if you want to go be nerdy and look at what's all on there, that's where your charitable deductions get reported, the mortgage interest, real estate taxes, and that kind of thing. Okay. Awesome. I, you know, it's so funny because I, our parents' generation, like, there's <laughs> such this thing, like, where you know you're throwing money away if you're renting, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's kind of washed out now. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, of course, there are benefits to both. There are pros and cons to everything in life. Um, yeah. But it's really, I feel like it's really changed now. So that's really helpful to know how it's changed, as mm -hmm. opposed to just like thinking, oh, it's so different, mom. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now you have an argument. <laughs> <laughs> My schedule A. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, we are going to take a super fast break on The Wedding Dish, and we will be right back with, with Amy from um, The Accountant for Creatives in just a second. Stay tuned. 
And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I, of course, am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Alipin, and I am joined today by the accountant for creatives, Amy Northard. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this great info about taxes. Yes, I love chatting about the topic. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Um, I realized when we were on break that we hadn't really addressed, you know, a little, I know this is potentially a little bit further down the line, but um, is there a difference when you're filing taxes when you have children? Yeah. So you get to claim your kiddos as dependents. Um, I do also get asked a lot about pets as dependents. So those are a no-go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But the dependents, you know, there's, of course, a list of qualifications that they would need to meet and that kind of thing. But generally, um, they would be uh, listed as dependents. There is no, uh, like, tax deduction anymore for children. Um, it used to be about, like, four forty five hundred per child. That would reduce your taxable income. They got rid of that when they changed that standard deduction. So now you get a tax credit for your kids. Um, The credit seems to kind of change every couple of years. So I won't, you know, I won't share the amount now, but look up the credit amount. It's usually about two to three thousand per child. Um, And that credit, because it's a credit, will reduce your tax dollar for dollar rather than what it used to do, reduce your taxable income. Um, So keep an eye out on your tax return for that. Uh, You also get to deduct uh, childcare, dependent care. Um, And there's thresholds for that, of course, and income limits and all that fun stuff. But definitely um, look into that when filing. And then several states also have tax credits for 529 college savings plans. So um, check and see if your state has that available and definitely take advantage of it. In Indiana, you can essentially get a $1,000 credit back for every 5000 that you uh, contribute. So it's a really good instant um, kind of cash back on something like that. Oh, interesting. That's I had no idea that those laws had changed and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think in terms of uh, dogs and my Snorosaurus, <laughs> um, I we had to pay personal property tax on him because I'm in Virginia. Oh wow, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. So they sent us a bill and they were like you he you know he is like your property. Oh, interesting. That's wild. Yeah, I now I feel like I need to have you clarify what a personal property tax state is versus not, but I didn't prepare you for that question, so I don't know if you're comfortable <laughs> answering it on the fly. The, the personal property tax is done by state, so every state's a little different in what will qualify and what they want you to pay tax on, so don't don't panic if you have a dog or a cat. They yeah. Get a um, Virginia seems to be pretty aggressive in that regard. So that's interesting. Well, we have a lower income tax. So they tax like our cars are taxed every year. So in order to um, save, Philippe and I share a car, um, you know, all those things. So each car gets its own personal property tax. Oh, interesting. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, it's very different by state. And it's so like they'll talk about in Virginia that it's like better to live in Virginia versus living in Maryland, but it's you know like if you're going to be outside of DC, um, mm-hmm. but it just depends on what your property is. So if you have like you know a seven million dollar house in Maryland, it's you're going to have a probably higher tax situation in Virginia. Yeah. It's, so oh, it's, interesting. You know, when people ask you those questions, talk to your accountant before you're like, oh, well, I don't want to live in Maryland because, or I don't uh, want to live in Virginia because. Yeah, you can't just base it on the state tax rate because a ton of people move to Texas because, oh, there's no income tax there, but they're going to get their money some way. They're going to get it yep. through sales tax. They're going to get it through property taxes. They're not just giving you you know, a tax-free life there, they're getting it somehow. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what Virginia does. Uh-huh. <laughs> and side note, if you are driving through one of those states like Virginia or Delaware, they are getting their money by giving you tickets, especially if you're out of state. So they tend to have more aggressive police forces, which I'm guessing they also do in oh, Texas. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, because they got to get that money somehow. I mean, it's yeah. got to come from somewhere. Uh huh. <laughs> I get it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So to shift gears a little bit, I know this doesn't totally relate to our topic over here, but I thought this was really fascinating, and it was something I didn't previously know, even though we've been working together for a couple years here. Um. I know you and your husband work together on the accountant for creatives. Um. Do you have any insight to share with our listeners who might be interested or thinking about doing some sort of joint venture as a couple or a married couple in terms of like launching a business or something of that nature? Yeah. um, So I had started the business almost 10 years ago and he joined me about uh, four or five years in um, full time with me. Um, It was right before it was like as I was pregnant with our first and only child. Um, and so it was really good timing to have him come in and be able to take some things off my plate, especially during that like maternity time at right after I had Jimmy. Um, so that was really great. And he kind of helped with some of the things I was doing, but going forward, we've definitely each have like our zone of genius. So he is very like operational focused, IT, website, all of those things. That is, he came from a web development background. So that is his um, area. And then mine is because I'm the CPA, um, you know, the tax, the advising, the client side of things. He does help with some email management because as you can imagine, we have almost 500 clients and my inbox is the main point of contact <laughs> for everyone submitting their stuff. So he does help with that a little bit, um, quite a bit um, throughout the year. And I think the reason it's worked really well is because we have our own, not only our own like areas of the business to manage, but also our own spaces. We are not set up next to each other with cute little desks like his and her desk. Uh, he has a room. I've had a room. We've always had it that way. Um, and it works out like we're not bugging each other with watching shows while we work or anything like that. I can have meetings without interrupting him. So 
those two things I think have been the key to our success of like not driving each other crazy and being able to work in the same business and be home together all the time. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's something that, um, Philippe likes to stay as far away from my businesses as possible. Like he doesn't even really enjoy listening to me talk about my businesses. Um, (laughs) Because he has that very different brain and he's like, I don't understand what this problem is. Like, I I just, I cannot comprehend like what this is. So using that different zone of genius and playing into your skill set and not the things that you can do per se, because you could probably like manage all of the forms and and tech and stuff if you wanted to. I mean, you did for years, right? Mm -hmm. Like without your husband working with you. Um, But you know, releasing some of that because it's what the other person is better at is also a, an important piece to think about too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of couples also that work together. Like one will deal with like the finance side of things as well. Um, and then the other one, it just gets updates or <laughs> like kind of, I work with a lot of female business owners and it's just kind of a generalization for sure, but they seem to just kind of want to step away from that part of it and let someone else handle it, which I understand, you know, if you're going to constantly put it off, find someone, whether it's outsourced or a spouse that, that enjoys that part and will keep it up to date for you. Um, there's also, it can, it can definitely be flip-flopped as well. So um, <clears throat> we, communicate about that. I do our bookkeeping just because I'm the one that knows how to use QuickBooks really well. And then we meet about it, talk about game plans. And um, one fun thing that we have started doing the past few years is going on like a little retreat together. So we find grandparent time for our son and we go off to somewhere like we usually go up to Michigan, rent a little house, spend a couple days there and just focus on like, okay, hiring or, you know, services we want to expand or updating or pricing. Like there's usually one big thing that we're trying to figure out and decide on. And it gives us that mental space where we can focus on it without having like all the other life things going on. That's so smart. That's really, really smart. Um, I really love that. And yeah, it is. I, it's funny because a lot of, um, it's been on my heart recently that a lot of people I know are not that are entrepreneurs are not planning for retirement, and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's causing me stress for them. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes, like you might have to work the rest of your life, and that's not fun. So, yeah, yeah, and you can't count on you know not making it past sixty five, <laughs> right? <laughs> You could live till you're 123. Yeah, I was just telling my husband, I was like, you don't know what technology is going to be like in 30 years. They, they might figure out a way. True, true. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I have uh, one final question for you. Um, and that is, what advice could you offer to engaged couples who are planning their wedding, both as a wedding, a professional person and a married human? Um, I would say just enjoy the process, um, like every aspect of it. And also kind of going back to that like zone of genius thing. Like my husband picked our venue. He picked, he found the band. He found, I think maybe the caterer, like he did that part. And 
I did like the fun flowers and like decor and that was the stuff that I really was into and loved and we we you know we had mutual agreement on the things like the band but um don't like one person doesn't need to feel like they need to plan everything make it fun don't be don't stress out about every single thing like we went and we did visits to several different like barn venues and would have dinner at this different location and just in make a date out of every little decision that we did, which was really fun. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> well, that is all we have time for today. Um, thank you everyone for tuning into the Wedding Dish podcast. And thank you, Amy, for sharing your expertise with us. I so appreciate you coming on and taking the time today and everything. Thanks for having um, me. Of course. You're welcome back anytime. Um, (laughs) Where can our listeners find you online? Uh, You can find me through the website, amynorthardcpa.com. And then my fun creative outlet would be uh, Instagram at amynorthardcpa. I love it. Awesome. And we will, of course, link out to everything in the show notes and in the description for this episode. Um, But make sure you give her a follow and check her out. Obviously, I recommend her because she's my accountant. Um, (laughs) So, uh, and I, we've had nothing but great experiences with you. Oh, great. Good to hear. And while you are looking Amy up, please do the same for us. You can follow us on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. You can go to our website, theweddingdishpodcast.com. You'll have show notes. Um, You can apply to be a guest if you'd like to join us and talk about your wedding or weddings in general. Um, You can also um, grab transcripts because we are committed to accessibility, although I am admittedly behind because we are recording during wedding season and Mm -hmm. uh, things go crazy for me. Um, so don't forget to tune in next week. We will have another amazing episode. And if you like the podcast, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite app. Until next time, cheers.